Welcome everyone, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. My name is Patty, and my co-hosts today are Jai, Henry, Nibao and Chan. And our special guest today is Youth and Mental Health Wellbeing Coach, Linda Dow. Hi Linda, welcome to the show. Hi everyone, thank you. So some people in our audience may not know what a youth mental health coach is. Can you tell us a bit about what you do? Yeah, so as uh, mental health well-being coaches, we work alongside young people to identify areas in their life that they would like to work towards. So I'm sure a lot of you have heard of like goals and and um, meaningful things that are you know um, important for you. So that can be anywhere along the lines of you know working on relationships or friendships and budgeting and maybe pursuing tertiary studies. Those are just kind of some of the things that we we do. Can you describe or share your journey to becoming a youth and mental health well-being coach? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's many paths uh, toward becoming a mental health coach or working in this in this line of work, what we call psychosocial work. So you're kind of all like, what's that mean, psychosocial? Um, so we break it down. So psycho meaning like the mental health aspect of things and then the social aspects of what kind of makes up a person's life. So that could be family, friends, um, your hobbies and that kind of stuff. So community. Um, and my journey in particular, I, I studied a um, undergraduate degree in psychology and early learning. So most of my experience was working through the public uh, health system in Canada. You might notice from <laughs> my um, non-Aussie accent. And I was born and raised in Canada. So a lot of my experience was working with younger children with developmental challenges and in the school system in, in particular. Um, and then from there, when I moved here to Australia, the opportunity came up to engage in uh, the lived experience workforce. So. Um, uh, part of my role is, be, is what is known as a peer worker. So I bring my own lived experience of mental health challenges to, to the work in, in the hopes of being able to connect differently and um, create a different understanding of what people are going through because I can say like, I've been there before. So hi Linda. Hey. So I was wondering, what challenges do you face in your job as a mental health coach? Uh, as with any job, I mean, there's always going to be challenges. So in my work in particular, it can be hard sometimes to hear stories, um, really hard stories of what people have gone through. And um, that can be, yeah, that can be challenging and, on a personal level and, and can kind of um, activate things within you know my own life. So we use a lot of um, reflection and um, we've got a lot of coaching and s supervision around um, how might we handle these kind of challenges. And with that, um, some of the learning that I've come out of learning from those challenges is that a person's story and what's happened in the past isn't their whole story. So whatever challenges that are being brought um, forth in some of these stories that I hear, like I, what I've learned from them, it's just, it's, not, it's just one aspect of that person's story. That there's so much more to that person as a whole. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's some of the things that come up, the tough, the tough stories. So how do these challenges affect you and how do you like, overcome them? Mm. 
Mm, yeah, so just a little bit there about um, they, affect, they affect me on a deep level because I, I, I identify as someone who's an empath. So when, you know, someone's sharing something so intimate and, and hard, I'm like, oh, I can't help but not to feel that. But I think with all any kind of helping profession, um, we do a lot of trainings. Our organization is really wonderful about um, making sure that we have the skills and that I'm also on, on my end of things working, you know, talk about keeping my well-being how so I have this little phrase it's like um, I'm no good to anyone else if you know if I'm not looking after myself so it really kind of comes back to the work that I do um, outside of work and and with my team um, to bring my whole self to the job so have you always wanted to work with young people <laughs> uh, honestly no I mean I there was a, for a long time, I, you know, even coming and interviewing for this role, I'm like, I'm scared of young people. Like, I don't know how to respond. I don't know how to connect with y'all. And um, yeah, so it hasn't always been. I always worked with the young children, but I thought there's a whole level of learning here that this generation and young people have um, that I'm really interested in. And, and it keeps me young, right? Like I learned so much from the young people that come through our programs and um, yeah, it keeps me up to date, like, you know, knowing different vocabulary. Like there's just so much that comes along with, with working with young people that I didn't expect. Uh, hi, Linda. Hey. Um, my question was, do you have any advice to anyone who is looking to get to the mental health field? Yeah, I mean, if you're someone who considers yourself as like a caring person and someone who wants to help other people, uh, definitely. Um, if you have a, a like a, a general, like an intuitive kind of um, urge to be able to hold space with someone and to walk along that path of hard things and, and see them through that journey, definitely. Um, even if you've gone through some of the stuff that in your own lives, you know, like that you can use that. And that's what we're really encouraging in this lived experience workforce is bringing, because I'm sure that all of you have like enough kind of knowledge within you already right now to be able to walk into a space and connect with other people, um, your peers or teachers or your family and other people outside of your life and say, oh, I've got some experience here. Like, how can we connect? So you don't have to go through certain traditional routes um, to becoming to getting into this work. You can bring what you already have and what you already know um, into it. Um, ever since you started working in the um, industry, have you seen a shift in mental health? Any shifts in mental health? I mean, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think some of these issues kind of come from there's social issues, right? So thinking about things like cost of living. So cost of living is a major um, impact on people's mental health, right? If we're not having enough um, of our basic needs met and like homelessness, you know, these bigger issues um, in society and systemic issues, those kind of shifts are kind of becoming more, I feel like more and more prevalent, you know, if we're not, if we're not just focusing on the problem itself, there's, yeah, like, so looking at it from a, a bigger and grand um, perspective and yeah, I mean, also social media, right? Social media, I mean, a lot of these issues um, weren't, 
Like they are, they, they have been prevalent when I was growing up, when I was a young person, but when you add in social media and the impact of, you know, things like you know, misinformation and people where they're getting their information and what they're consuming, like that's kind of a, a big thing. I think there was a big shift in the last few years in particular with certain apps that, um, what, you know, how to question what's, what's right and what's real, what's, what's, what to believe. Mm. Hi, Linda. Um, if there was, sorry, tell us, could you tell us about your favorite memory while working with young people? Yes, uh, I can recall recently actually, this February, so our program involves bring, bringing some fun, right? Some fun into, into, into the mental health aspect of the work. So we went on summer camp um, over to Wilson's Prom this year. And as, as workers, we were trying to plan some fun activities and we were thinking about, okay, well what, because we were trying to incorporate the, the holistic kind of view. So we're thinking about the physical aspect. So we're like, okay, let's go on this walk. So we did some research and our youth engagement worker um, told us about this, this walk within Wilson's Prom. We didn't really notice any mountains nearby. So we engaged in this walk and it was a slow incline into a mountainous hike, right? So we prepared the young people as much as we could, bring comfortable clothing, bring lots of water. It was a hot day in February. And we had a group of young people who, you know, didn't come so prepared, so, and they didn't know what to expect and neither did we. So I had a young person who was, you know, as this incline going up and getting steeper and steeper and just sweating and end up like just, like, so it was such a tough thing to do physically. Um, they pursued and when we got to the summit and we had this overlooking view of um, the water and the ocean, it was like so worth it. And just to like literally walk alongside this young person on that journey, it was kind of met a metaphor. So I was, I was from, I'm born in the west coast of Canada. So mountains and oceans are always really around. So I always like this metaphor of like mountains, you know, climbing a mountain and that kind of, the struggle of going up and, and seeing that young person you know, not dart, like sometimes even crawl up <laughs> the mountain, but making it there, it's like, it was really, really meaningful. And it, for, I think for them and for us to, to be with them in that journey, yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Patty, and my co-hosts today are Jai, Henry, Chan, and Nebel. And our special guest today is Linda Dow, who is a youth and mental health wellbeing coach. I have another question. How have your experiences throughout your personal life affected the way you approach your work? My personal experiences. Yeah, so I spoke a little bit about that pure work and lived experience. Um, I think there's so much, again, that value and um, in being able to sit with someone and be like, okay, I've been not exactly through your experience. Um, that I can understand a little bit better. And that's what I'm aiming for always, is to understand a little bit more of what that person's going through. So I, I bring the lens of an open mind and an open book and meeting that young person where they are today. Um, and yeah, I think that cre has created a, a bit more compassion in the way that I approach my work, that there's, there's so many more things that are happening in a person's life, but just being able to meet them there um, and leave my, my personal stories, and I use my stories and experiences when they are, when I think that they might be helpful. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Hi, Linda. My name is Nibel. And what are some of the main issues affecting the young people today? Uh, I feel like y'all are the experts on this question. <laughs> um, some of the main issues, I mean, yeah, I spoke a little bit earlier about the, the, social, the social things that are happening. Um, and also I'm seeing a lot, like, a lot of young people are coming through, like, just tired, too, these days, right? There's so much overwhelm, and there's so much pressure, and, um, yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah, those, those issues can kind of affect all areas of a person's life, so, um, I want to ask. I want to flip the question and ask you, like, what, you, what, what, what's that for you? Like, um, what are you facing? Is it turning, turning the role <laughs> a little bit? Oh, I definitely think that in our generation, most students would be stressing over the workload, mm -hmm. their homework. So, on this, what do you think these students should do to help with their stress? Hmm. I mean, I, I. Just, help with stress. I mean, there's, of course, we talk about strategies um, and plans. So we're big about creating a plan to move forward. But that's not going to mean anything if that doesn't mean anything for that young person, right? So um, we like to get to know someone's interests and hobbies and using and working with that and how to bring more of that into their lives. Yep. Uh, for my final question, knowing that you are a mental health and well-being coach, mm -hmm. how do you ensure that these new perspectives are implemented into your clients' lives. Yeah, so a part of my job really is to ensure that the young person really has that autonomy. So having that um, ability within themselves to take action on, on their life. So, I mean, it's not my job in, to ensure that anything happens. It's really about if that, re if that person is ready to go on that recovery path, if they are willing to um, take that ownership for their life and to create those things that are meaningful for them and to work toward them. So, I mean, those outcomes can be anything from, you know, just even getting outside the house, like I was working with a young person over COVID who really struggled with not even being able to leave the house. And you know, we all know how hard COVID was on, on, all, on all the young people and how you've survived that. And so, and would wear a mask on, you know, all day. And so, even stepping out of the house, like just those little little steps, are big wins for us when we are talking in the in the realm of mental health. And yeah, not to not to look so far into the future. Yes, we are future focused and recovery focused and we use we work within our strengths however just you know one big win can mean so much and so different so, so differently for everyone so would you say that baby steps is the way to go absolutely yeah creating those identifying those habits um, and just small habits one bit at a time one day at a time slowly. Change takes time, right? And it's not linear. It's We um, start at one place, one place and then we, um, we might go backwards and then it's like two steps. What, what is it? Two steps back? One step back? Two steps forward? Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> so Linda, you mentioned earlier before about a program. Do you mind telling us a bit more about that? Uh, which program in particular? 
the one when you were talking about all the mountains. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's kind of some of the fun stuff we do. So in in defining kind of what mental health um, well-being coaches do, that psychosocial aspect, sometimes it's helpful to kind of define what we're not. So there's a clinical team. So we'll often work alongside a person's clinical team, which that can include psychologists, counselors, and psychiatrists. We're a side of that that works more. I like to think of it as like the fun stuff, the stuff that'll get you out in the community, out living your life again. So that at uh, summer camp. So we do summer camp twice a year in our program and also winter camp, which also just happened a few weeks ago. And throughout the week, there's a lot of engagement kind of activities targeting those social aspects and community aspects of uh, bringing you know, good or healthy mental health into a person's life. Just for the people wondering about that program, how would you get involved in it? As a service user or as a service provider, like to work in it? Both, yep, service user. So there's information on our website and I brought some information to share with you all today as well. Um, And if you have questions, I think you can connect in with your mental health and wellbeing practitioners at school as well, should have some information on that. And you can just ring us up for information as well. And then to get into the work I spoke a little bit, there's many different paths. So uh, in my role in particular, there's, you can complete a cert for in mental health. You can you know, pursue youth work. Um, yeah, lots of different ways. <laughs> Is there a general advice that you would give to our generation? Mm, big question. <laughs> I think this one always comes back to community for me, right? Like we can't do it alone. So if you find yourself struggling or if you're noticing kind of the signs that your mate is like, you know, retracting in life a little bit, they're isolating a bit, they're not quite the same. They're not doing those things that used to keep them healthy and happy and engaged in life. Looking out for those things and then bringing, like, creating a tribe, you know, around yourself. Um, And that could be with your teachers at school, it could be with your counselors. But really ensuring that you don't have to go it alone, that, you know, there are people here who will listen and who can support you and to really reach out. It's the hardest thing to do when you're struggling. So I guess in terms of advice, everyone has, everyone, I always consider every young person, any person, is that you're the expert in your own life. So when you're ready and at your pace, like be able to know how to ask for help, where to look for it, and that's part of what our service does as well, how to navigate around the many, many services that are out there to support whatever needs that you have. So community is is the thing, you know, whether you even just see one friend, um, one person that you can trust and rely on that you can go to, I think that is uh, my piece of advice. Do you have any advice for the older people who are trying to help out a young person and what they should do? Mm, Great question. The older people, listen. Yeah, listen to understand and and give the time and space, I think, when someone is approaching you and that they are asking for help to pause because I think, you know, as older people, <laughs> and I put myself as a millennial and in that category, is sometimes life and work can kind of take you in a really fast pace that you've got outcomes that you, there's part of the job that, you know, there's measures that we need to work towards, but just slowing down and pausing and being able to sit with that young person, give them the time and the space, I feel like would mean a lot. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you spoke briefly about COVID. Would you say that the effects of COVID are still very prevalent in our generation? Mm, I feel like now that we're three years kind of out of it, that, yeah. However, this is my personal experience too, that some, the, the conversations around COVID have kind of slipped under the rug. So we won't really know what the impacts of COVID are on all our lives and on your generation until probably five, 10 years when the research is kind of showing and we've done the studies to show what has been the impact. So I think the underlying effects are still there, but we don't actually know yet. But definitely, because that was, you know, it's, it's changed everyone's life on a global scale. And also, we've all kind of experienced it in our own way. And yeah, we won't really know until we start having these conversations like what you're all doing here today, you know, having breaking through that stigma. And I think COVID was a really good opportunity for that to be able to open up the uh, lens and the light of, okay, everyone's working with mental health how can we work together to create these conversations where you can feel okay to talk about it and feel safe enough to approach someone or have these conversations with your friends or your mates or and, you know are you okay day is coming up pretty soon so not just it be a day but just have every day be like are you okay just checking in with one another mm-hmm. So unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you to our guest, Linda. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today. Live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. My name is Patty, and my co-hosts today were Jai, Henry, Chan, and Nibel. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have found this information useful. Until next time, have a great day.